The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hoop ballers, welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today and Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, uh, at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation, hoop-ball.com. That's the motherboard. And then you can find us at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter, at Hoopball Tweets also. All that mumbo jumbo. You hear me say it all the time. Uh, but for real though, go over to hoop-ball.com, check out the premium content. It's still pretty new for us. It's an exciting thing. The Discord servers are very fun to be a part of. Honestly, that's my favorite part of it. On this side of it, um, you know, kind of discussing with you guys uh, on a daily basis. Um, it's kind of fun. So just uh, check that out at your leisure. Um, use our side blurbs on the injury news and notes for your fantasy basketball sake. Um, and then the free content. You know, we have tons of podcasts sprinkled all over every network. Uh, Spotify, uh, iHeart, all that good stuff. So check us out. Join the family. Join the fun. Um, and talk about Manscaped real quick, just because they are an important part of this show. Got some new materials, new products out for them that I need to talk about. The Weed Whacker, Lithium Battery, Powered Dual Motor, Razor, Anti-Tugless Technology. It's the smoothest thing I've ever encountered. Um, it's going to take care of, you know, like your nostril hairs, you know, the guys turning 30, you know, pushing that, that kind of mark in their life, the ear hair, um, the stuff you don't notice, but ladies do, you know, you got to take a, a razor to that you got to clean that up. So that's what Manscapes for. Uh, that's a part of the complete care package. You know, this is kind of what I would recommend getting because you get a little bit of everything. You get the lawnmower 3.0, you know, just came out back in the summertime. It's got that waterproof technology, you know, shower's a good spot to do this stuff. So go over to manscaped.com, use promo code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 for your discount on free shipping and 20% off. Check them out, let them know we sent you, and uh, get your lawn mode. So going to have a very exciting show today, college basketball heavy as it is always with me at the helm. Uh, Vince does a great job for the NBA, I sprinkle it in there, but my true heart and passion lies within college basketball, college sports in general. So um, the guest I'm going to have on today, and I don't want to spoil too much, but he's someone I've been following on Twitter and have an interaction with, you know, for a little bit now. And uh, just a really sharp mind, really smart cover of college basketball, does some really great uh, projections and day-to-day updated to the pretty much the minute bracketology. So I really like it. It's a good uh, scope on the sport. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring Jonathan in. Mr. Jonathan Warner at Bracketologist3 on Twitter. How you doing, boss? I uh, appreciate you coming on again. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to come on, talk, talk some college basketball. And it, it's a good time of year to come on. Uh, so it should be a fun show. Yeah, and there's a ton of action going on right now, obviously. We are recording this. So this is going to be Tuesday's show, um, but we are recording Monday night. So we got some games going on right now. As you and I talked about off-air a little bit, not, not uh, probably not the caliber game that we were expecting or the quality. Um, so it's a bit of a bummer. Bit of a blowout in the Florida State-Virginia game. But um, more so about you know what you do. You know, makingthemadness.com obviously is a, a proud work of yours and something that I enjoy um, for intake myself. Uh, you know, you're, you're obviously a really great college basketball writer and analyst. So, um, you know, just for the folks and the listeners of football here who may or may not be familiar with your work, um, just could you shed a little more light on how it started for you and maybe what was your first you know, familiarization with the platform that you could do for your work and college basketball. And uh, maybe just familiarize a short little story background information about 
who you are and why you love college basketball for the listeners. Yeah, it kind of started like a few years ago. I used to like I I've always loved watching college basketball, but like I kind of like I think my passion was kind of in bracketology. Like I loved making NCAA tournament projections and that kind of fun stuff. And so like I'd be like scribbling down like what team will make the NCAA tournament because I, I liked projecting ahead like even in like December okay who what seed is where in the NCAA tournament so I kind of started first doing bracketology back in like 2013 uh, really kind of took off like 2016 2017 uh, just can kind of been rolling from there I love doing like the daily updates uh i used to do them like on my apple notes app uh but in 2017 i decided uh get a website uh the website's obviously now making the madness.com it was something different back in the day but i always love every day just sitting down doing the latest bracketology and don't know any uh other way of going about it yeah um bracketology just adds a certain extra i'd say like pizzazz to what you're looking at as far as the game um and it, it makes box score breakdowns a little more interesting also is what i found because i think it can be a little correlative in that measure as well um yeah. as far as what you do and what you kind of dig into and you know we're going to get into some you know just interview questions that I'm interested to ask but like I told you I couldn't promise not holding off any just curiosity questions throughout the recording so what 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 are some like little tidbits of things that you throw into your model or your formula that you look for in a team um maybe that's a little more heavily weighted within your model than what would be in your traditional bracketology models what have you uh well a couple of things like I look like to look at i like to look at like strength of record uh it's kind of like a metric out there uh that kind of shows a little bit like you get the ken palms the like sagarin like all those ratings are kind of they are what they are but like i truly kind of trust a team that goes out yeah they may not you know perform to you know the means of like to be like for example, I I trust Florida State almost a little bit more than Virginia because, like Florida State's strength of record is pretty. It's like they're neck and neck up there uh, in terms of that metric. So it's kind of like one of those metrics that tend to uh, lean towards, uh, like lean against the teams that kind of just beat the you know normal. We're gonna play uh, Coppin State and beat them by forty, and inflate the Ken Palm ratings. I also use like Haslam metrics. I think that's a good oh, one. Yes. I kind of like when I like what they do is, or I guess he does is like yeah. when you get into a game that where it's like the results uh, decided, he just like throws out all the data and just. That's that's what the game result is. And I, I think those are a couple sites I like to personally use when it comes to like evaluating games and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, and um, huge fan of Mr. Eric Haslam on the show here. You know, Haslam Metrics is on my toolbar, so I can uh, I can agree with you on that. I just love the like I said the scope of the sport um, that uh, you guys provide. So. Um, when you're looking at bracketology, you know, you, you got to be accountable for almost every team in the country, um, at least have familiarization with. And I, I love the small schools. I'm not sure if you have a loyalty to any conference team or region, but, you know, the game I was most excited for on this card tonight, and again, we're recording Monday night, uh, is the Eastern Tennessee State Chattanooga game. Um, just a really good battle in the Big South. and uh, Or no, I'm sorry, Southern Conference, SOCON. And, you know, 
just some quality teams. Uh, 40, uh, all right, 21, 27, I was going to say 48 combined points right now, three minutes left in the first half. I think this was going to be a game that offered the best kind of, you know, quality of matchup on the slate. Side tangent. Sorry, I didn't warn you that we were going to do that. It, yeah, it's it's a good game. I think East Tennessee State is still – like last year they were right th- – if the NCAA tournament would have obviously gone off and let's say they even lost to like Wofford in the uh, SoCon championship game, they still would have been an at-large team uh, in the NCAA tournament. They Like those metrics, the strength of record, the – uh, wins above bubble, like those are a couple metrics that really love them, uh, and they performed really well throughout the season. Would have been an at-large team had there been an NCAA tournament. Uh, I think Jason Shea's kind of like he lost a lot of players to transfer, but I think he's a really kind of good coach. And uh, East Tennessee State, yeah, they they might not make the NCAA tournament this year. I think they're kind of a team that going forwards definitely going to be back in the hunt yeah um i was keeping really close track of this team last year like you said and the way the tournament kind of just stifled them there's a couple of teams i was really hoping to see get into the tournament last year and these guys were one of them was one of them uh you know akron was another one from last year i liked akron's team last year with their guard play um all right yeah well, sorry about the little tangent. I'm going to get into these questions because I'm interested, um, and maybe this will answer some of the questions I've already asked, and if they do, I apologize. But uh, so I was covering, um, you know, a couple things recently, and then I was thinking about how, you know, I started enjoying those things and how I, you know, started posing the question and asking folks that came on the show. I've been just trying to gain interest in how interest started within the sport. So you've, you've been covering college basketball for a pretty good while now. So what is it about the college game that makes it mean that much more to you versus other sports or other leagues, such as the NBA? Uh, well, one, I, I like basketball. And two, I, I think it's kind of like it's, – it's just like a better feel to it. Like the NBA, it's kind of like you have an 82-game season. You have like – Obviously, six. Whoever wins the title has to win sixteen games. But like, it kind of gets repetitive. I, I like the NBA. Like I I like it, but it kind of like it's the same teams every year. It's you know the same. Like the games are longer. It's less entertaining because you get like uh, the Lakers play the Suns. Well, the Lakers are gonna win most of the time. And even if they don't, well, it's probably because they sat LeBron James or Anthony Davis or someone like that. But like college basketball, I think it's more fun. Uh, you get bigger upsets. I think, you know, you the rankings are fun because you get like teams ranked higher. And then like, yeah, they might lose to an unranked team. Like you, you can have a top five team lose to an unranked team. And it's it's like a big deal. Whereas like, like in the NBA, a big upsets, like, Oh, well, anything can happen on a given night. doesn't matter. Yeah. Same teams can make the NBA finals. So I think college basketball is like more organic. Then you have like, obviously the crowds are more into it. Uh, you have the cheerleaders, you have the band, you have all that. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's just more fun. And then obviously it caps off with the greatest championship uh, known to mankind. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole, uh, just March madness. I put it up there personally with the Super Bowl. You know, I, I love the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. You know, I grew up watching lots of Super Bowls, lots of football. And the only thing I watched more of was college basketball. So March madness and the national championship and the final four, something that I absolutely adore so, so much. So I can definitely hear what you're saying there, bud. Um, You know, making the madness and um, 
you know, I got ahead of myself already, you know, asking about the metrics of the model, like I said, kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Um, so when you got the domain for this and you figured out what metrics you wanted to use, how, how did you organize that? Was there a certain, you know, was, was there a method to the madness? You know, pun intended that that was too easy, but like, was there? Um, I don't really think so. I, I kind of just like to like, I'm someone that kind of goes a lot based on like what I feel, what I like, like those type of things. So like making the madness, why kind of did I've like played around with really a lot of what uh, kind of the site identity is. And uh, recently I brought on some uh, good writers, Sean, uh, he's someone that, uh, helps produce for the site so like the site's kind of like like the bracketology is always something that i do every day because i've done it every day for like the past six or seven years but i think that the additional stuff i think is kind of something that i that i think is important but in terms of the bracketology it's just kind of like going based off like what the metrics are saying what i think the committee's kind of doing uh and like what teams have quality wins and stuff like that uh and like for picks and stuff i kind of like try to look at all the stats before like making any picks maybe there's an injury update uh maybe like this year you have covid pauses so maybe a team's coming off a giant covid pause and it's their first game back and they're playing Florida state in their first game back. Uh, let's say for example, uh, that's not a matchup you want to be picking against Florida state. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. And I'm actually looking, you know, you, you mentioned Sean bringing him on and doing some writing for you. <laughs> I was just curious because I, I, I like to go down rabbit holes. So I was like looking and uh, popped open his article on UC Santa Barbara Um so I'm going to, I'm going to read that um, probably once or twice over. Uh, I like that team. Um, them going into March sounds very exciting. Yeah. Um, like I said, you guys just got a really, really great um, website. You know, I'm kind of thumbing through it right now myself. Um, not the first time, not the second time, but um, it's just very user-friendly. The interface is really nice. And uh the knowledge and the insight, like I said, a couple times over now is uh, really, really awesome and abundant. So, and, you know, you can tell that there's passion, you know, into what you guys cover. And, you know, this is going to take me into my third, and you know, last of my organized questions. And that's, you know, in order to cover something so passionately as you do, you know, you guys do it very well and you have a deep and fond love of that said topic, where, where did your college basketball love, you know, like first commence? You told me, uh, you I mean, you explained some really vivid details about college basketball and that why you like it better or maybe a little bit more. So um, what's maybe one of your first college basketball memories? Um, I don't really know per se like my first college basketball memory. Uh, I just like, I remember like watching growing up, you'd have, I think the first tournament I watched was like the 2006 NCAA tournament uh, growing up, but like, it was just fun. Like it, you get like, you, you have the brackets out there, uh, which is, I thought cool. Like you, you can like say, Oh, I think, this team's going to go this far in the tournament. I think kind of watching that and just kind of like that kind of started the fun. And then like gradually you get more and more into the sport. And um, now obviously do like think like cover the sport on a pre daily basis. So I think it just, it's a, passion you find an interest for it and then you just keep on like it's almost like a snowball effect i guess yeah um 
there's just something special about college basketball, you know, there just yeah. is. I mean, it, it's got that certain, like I said, you know, it's that certain pizzazz to the game of basketball. Um, you know, for me personally, I, I think I was like six or maybe seven. And there was a claw machine game. I think it was at a bowling alley or a diner or something. And then my older brother, you know, I, I knew that he like liked sports, I guess. But there's like a Duke, you know, Blue Devils, like squishy ball in the uh, in the thingy. And I won it. And I didn't real I didn't recognize the team really. And then I found out it was a basketball team. And then it was a college basketball team specifically. And then it kind of just set in from there. And then Adam Morrison and Gonzaga in early in the early 2000s when I was in, you know, elementary and middle school, that kind of uh, once I figured out what Gonzaga was, again, another unfamiliar school kind of caught my interest. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of got ways of uh, attaching to its fandom. And um, that's what makes it really, really exciting with all these different schools involved and all the different, uh, you know, programs and types of play. So we um, talked a little off air um, or I mentioned some games I was interested in talking about uh, for the upcoming slate on Tuesday was uh, are you still wanting to run through those? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'll run through those. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it should be fun. Awesome. Well, being right here in the Midwest, I figured this one was a perfect one to throw on and then just throw it on at the top and get it out of the way, get the homerism out of the way. Um, this game will be – well, maybe. It might be postponed, actually. I need to check the status on that. I forgot to do that before we did this. Uh, Texas and OU, um, because we are getting hit with lots of snow in Oklahoma right now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So they might I think it's back to Wednesday. Yeah, okay, so they did. So shame on me as the uh, podcast host for not being properly prepared. At least I caught it. I, I was mindful of it. Yeah. I didn't get digging into the game and be like, oh, wait, this game's not happening yet. All right. So but it's um, still it's still on for now as of this on. podcast. Perfect. Yeah. So Texas, so you know, th- this OU team, we can just talk about, you know, I'm not sure if you're a fan of the quadrant, you know, system, but like, you know, to put in perspective the amount of, you know, top ranked teams or quadrant one teams if you want. Uh OU's beaten what, like four of them in the last month, five of them in the last month. I think it I mean they went on a crazy run. They they beat three straight top five teams. They went into Morgantown, didn't they? they yeah, they survived that double overtime win recently. Yeah. Um, they're playing some gutsy ball right now. And Texas, I think, is starting to deflate a little bit. You know, they're not losing a lot or losing bad games. But, you know, these two teams actually just played. You know, it was a string of games that OU won that Texas was a victim of. So, Back-to-back almost, uh, real familiar foe, rivalry game, Red River Shootout. You got any opinions on this one? Um, I tend to lean towards Texas here. I think Oklahoma's been, like, outstanding this year. But I will say, like, they played earlier in the year, the two teams played, and Texas was missing, I believe, Sims – uh, Courtney Raby and Brock Cunningham. So like three of their seven, like they kind of run a seven man rotation, but three, three of the seven players were out and it was still kind of a close game. Uh, Oklahoma played uh, really well and got the win. Uh, I, I kind of like Texas and bounce back spot here. 
Uh, I think Oklahoma, they've obviously come out of a big way against West Virginia. I think Oklahoma is a very, very good team. I just think Texas, they have a, like, I think Texas has a little bit more talent. Uh, they were playing really well a month ago and uh, they're just kind of like getting everyone back up to fold, but they played really well against TCU and I'm just going to lean towards the Longhorns in this one, uh, especially I think they're getting points in this one. So yeah. as an underdog, I'll take the Longhorns. Yeah, I, uh, they are getting one and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, just for discussion's sake, 141 was the opening number. 140 and a half is where it's kind of resting. I could see some defense being a part of this game. Um, you know, the, there you see some stretches with these OU, this OU team and um, the Texas squad also, you know, where they can, they can play some very quality defense. Um, with the SEC – one of my favorite teams in the SEC this year has been Missouri. Um, I just love the three-headed monster of uh, Theo Penson, Jeremiah Tillman, and um, Drew Smith. Um, and the, the, the defense has been lacking a little lately. Um, I took Georgia in the last game to cover, and they just kind of deflated and Mizzou coming off of a really bad loss. Um, they, they've had a real bad week. Um, they're a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, number 10 team in the country still, 13-5, and five, going on the road to face Georgia. Georgia's just looking really bad lately. Um, I think three-and-a-half is a really, really good spot for Missouri. Um, I'm yeah, looking I, to back them. I would tend to lean that way. Uh, I Like, three-and-a-half is kind of like a – it's a – small number as is and then like you, you add into it like I think Missouri's a better team they haven't been playing great this past week but like they're they're a really good team overall and I think they're due for kind of a bounce back spot especially coming off a uh, tough loss to their rival I think they'll kind of show out be extra mad and uh, beat Georgia I do one thing I do like in these Georgia games. Uh, if it's remotely close and Georgia's losing, Tom Crean is going to foul, 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 foul. Yeah. And so, like, I think uh, they're playing, forget who it was, a week ago. And they were down, I think it was Tennessee, and they're down like 15. And the unders, like, clearly, I think the option. And then, like with two and a half minutes left, they start fouling and they never stop fouling. And like by the time the game ended, it was like 20 points over because Georgia like would run down and score quick layup, but then they'd foul. And then back down the court, score quick layup, then they'd foul. Like last two and a half minutes of the game went from uh, under to like way, way over. Well, that's a good tidbit of, you know, uh, what's that called? Perception or, you know, observation. Uh, because I wasn't really keen on that. So I appreciate you bringing that to my attention because I will take that into account on, you know, my analysis now. And um, just kind of, like I said, that data bank. Um, man. We, we were going to talk, we, we got some really good matchups to talk about, but I've, you know, with how kind of dry Monday night was, tonight was, Tuesday it looks like a real nice refreshing uh, shot of um, college basketball. Um, Dayton and Rhode Island, you know, Rhode Island at home, they're below 500 now. Um, they've really fallen off and Dayton kind of just stay in the course um, not doing anything too, too much or overachieving in any spectacular area. Um, plus three and a half on the road. This number hasn't really moved at all. The total really hasn't moved. I've just seen even, you know, even line all the way through. Dayton on the road, catching three and a half. Um, are, to your knowledge, are they down a guy? Or do you know if they're going to be shorthanded at all? Uh, not to put you on the spot, but I haven't heard anything. So I was just curious. Um. I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. So, so. 
Yeah, but I, I like the Flyers in this spot. Rhode Island's defense, I don't know what's going on with them. They looked good earlier in the year, um, but it's like once they got deeper in this A-10 play, they lost to some pretty chummy teams. Um, and I, I think Dayton, you know, right here, I think they went outright. So getting the three and a half is definitely a delight for me. Yeah, the, these are two teams I don't really trust in this one. Like, I would probably just lean towards Dayton, especially since they're getting three and a half points. But, like, I think it'll be a close game. And kind of in close games, Dayton's best player, Jalen Crutcher, is, like, ridiculously clutch. So, like, if I think this is going to be a back and forth, you know, one possession type game, I would tend to also agree and lean flyers here just because I know like with Dayton, they have the best player on the court in late in games, having the best player on the court, having the most clutch player on the court is especially big uh, for winning the games. Stepping up and making shots late in the game is huge for a team um, looking for a win in a close game, obviously, in college basketball. Um, you know, I was going to talk about Syracuse-Louisville, but it uh, – or Louisville. I'm sorry. I'm not sure who pronounces it the way – you know, I mean, you, you're going to offend someone either way you pronounce Louisville-Louisville. So I, I try to be more traditional and say Louisville, but I slipped up that time. Um, there's some um, – action games that I was really excited to maybe pick your brain on or, you know, just throw out and, uh, you know, discuss a tiny, tiny bit about. And one of the teams that I've really been fading almost perma fade or like insta fade is Western Michigan. Um, they just have zero depth. They don't score the ball and they don't really stop people from scoring the ball. Um, and they turn the ball over a lot and Kent state, um, plays a lot of good pressure uh, on and off ball. And I really like what they do as far as getting their shots and creating and making them. Um, and they play aggressive, you know, they get to the line. So I think they're going to put Western Michigan in a bad spot. And uh, I like them to cover by probably more than double digits on the road. Kent State. Yeah. Kent, yeah. Kent State that is. Uh, what day did you say that game was? Kind of looking through the database. Um, that is 6 p.m. on ESPN3, Central Standard Time, uh, Tuesday, February 16th. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see it in the – where I was looking. They've been shifting – you know, I was looking earlier, and I – yeah, know, like I said, I was looking at Syracuse, Louisville, and it was somewhere else on the card, and now it's somewhere – yeah, so with all the – like you said, the weather postponements uh, right now is just kind of going crazy. Um, yeah. So, oh, I um, see. yeah, yeah. Some good, good old action. Love. The, and then Bowling Green, you know, they're getting one point uh, on the road at Ball State. Now, I know Ball State's a really good home team. I, I'm not trying to discredit them at all, and I've taken advantage of that on, on the year before. But uh, Bowling Green, you know, I know they've been playing a little bit down lately, but here's the thing. I, I just like Bowling Green. <laughs> I like I like backing them. I, I I think the fact that they turn it around right here, you know, they did lose four of their last five, but they, they, and then that, that Western Michigan loss was real terrible, but uh, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while for the case of Western Michigan. Um, two of those losses, Kent state, which we just spoke highly of. And then uh, Toledo, you know, they split the series with Toledo and Toledo is a really good team too. The top of this Mac conference um is what did it in for this Bowling Green team. So it's time to get it right and get a good win against uh, Ball State, who I believe um, is a good team, but I don't think they offer as much depth or um, returning uh, continuity and production from, you know, last year's team. And, uh, yeah, Bowling Green, look for them to get a win, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I like Bowling Green, uh, especially like like Justin Turner's age absolute stud he's someone like yeah yeah bowling greens kind of been struggling this year but like he's a fantastic player i think he's kind of someone like the goal going into this season for bowling green was make the ncaa tournament and they kind of struggled early in the season and i just haven't gotten it together but like i kind of think 
come March and we're getting to that point where like they're kind of like revving up the engines, getting ready for the big uh, Mac tournament. And so I think he's someone, he's a player and this is a team that I think they're at some point, whether it's against ball state, whether it's uh, elsewhere, I think Bowling green is going to be a team uh, kind of late in the season. They're going to be playing their best basketball. And I think like this is a spot where I think they, they could potentially, you know, start going on a big run here. Yeah. This is going to be a good traction game. You know, if they get this win under their belt, you know, it's a good confidence builder going into the end of conference play and trying to make a push. Um, Toledo's looking real good right now. Um, you know, like I said, some really good teams in this in this conference. Uh, Akron, don't forget about them. They're 12 and four, uh, minus 17 at home against Northern uh, Illinois. Another team that I like to insta fade. Didn't realize I was going to talk about so much action. Uh, just it's so easy to throw out there because the quality of teams and the clear cutness of it, I think is a bit established right now in this league. And there's some really good spots to take advantage of some value. If you uh, eat for your, you know, power ranking sake, or even for, you know, your wagering sake. So, um, and then a team I've been really, really, really liking, and I'll toss them out, see if you have an opinion. If not, we can just brush it off to the side, but uh, Austin P. I've really been enjoying Austin P lately. They've uh, lost, a, they lost recently in a spot they definitely shouldn't have, but um, when they play well, they play really, really well. Um, they, they got some work to do in the Ohio Valley conference with a couple teams ahead of them. But um, if, if they make a run in that tournament and they get a bid into the NCAA tournament, um, I'm not saying anything. Like I'm not promising an Austin P win. I'm just saying it could be exciting. Um, they, I don't think they'd lay down and just kind of not play. So um, have you watched any of this awesome P team at all this year? I what I watched a couple games early in the season. And then like the thing about Austin P they have Terry Taylor, obviously mm-hmm. is a stud. Like this is a team. They, they have like high major talent, like coming into the season. I think I had Austin P as the, like why I was throwing the preseason bracketology together, they were the team representing the Ohio Valley in the out of the conference tournament uh, and into the NCAA tournament bracket. I still think they can be that team. They've obviously struggled a lot this year, but like they still have, for my money, the best player in the Ohio Valley and Terry Taylor. Uh, this is a team. I think they're going to like. You haven't heard the last of them. I think they'll make a run, whether it's enough to beat Belmont and Murray State. Uh, those two stalwarts continue to just, especially this year with Belmont. They, Belmont, man. One loss on the year, They're fantastic. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they're 21 they're, and one. They're fantastic. But wow. I yeah, don't I think we've heard the last of Austin P. Yeah. They, they played decent enough, and I say decent loosely, but they played good enough defense. Um, where I, I mean, I've seen them go in 15 of those stretches recently, um, you know, and tonight, you know, or technically tomorrow, however you, you guys want to listen to that, whatever works for your brain and processing how we talk on these games. <laughs> um, tonight, you know, they have a chance to do that against the Southeast Missouri State team that's a little, little meh, so – not not a marquee team or matchup to look at, but just like I said, something that was kind of percolating my interests um, in a league that's pretty exciting. Also, the Ohio Valley um, got Eastern Kentucky; they got 15 wins. Um, Jacksonville State's another team that I've been excited about this year. Eastern Illinois looked all right early, but they fizzled really hard. Um, and then you know we spoke about uh, Belmont, so. Um, that's probably going to be your bid um, <laughs> out of this conference. If, if I had to say, they just look so dominant and it's not close. Um, all right. So I talked about a crap ton of games that I was interested in and how rude of me. I'm a bad host. Um, was there anything that you were looking forward to on the Tuesday night card? Um, the rest of this Monday night, you know, sample size of college basketball. Um or maybe a storyline, headline, or just 
something you're keeping your eyes on for the next couple days. Um, I, w- I will say like Tuesday's card, I think is going to, I think they've already like moved a couple games around. Uh, but I think like Wednesday and Thursday's games for one are going to be like really fun to look forward to. Like uh, Iowa, Wisconsin's one of those games. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Houston, Wichita state in theory, Houston should win pretty handily, but like Wichita state, they're playing for their NCAA tournament lives right now. Uh, I could see, like, I think they'll show up and have their best performance of the season, whether it's enough. Uh, that's a different story, but I think Wichita state's going to be a team uh, on Thursday. They're going to kind of look to get win. And I think Wednesday and Thursday this week are going to be fantastic, like days to watch in college basketball. Yeah. Um, the Wichita state game, um, that team, just the way they've performed after the Greg Marshall, uh, you know, debacle, you know, that was kind of something that I wasn't expecting. Um, but the way that that team kind of, especially with how young they are, um, the way they handled it and the way that they're playing this year, um, kudos to them. So, um, that was kind of a weird position for, you know, college players would probably be in, but, um, Houston, oh man, Kelvin Sampson, one of, he's been one of my favorite college coaches for a while. He just, he still does it. Somehow that defense is just still so good. Um, well, I just want to throw this out there because it's, I, I get, yeah, I mean, it's breaking news. ESPN sent it to me. Um, but um, Duke freshman Jalen Johnson opts out for the rest of the season so he can prep for the NBA draft. So if that's for anyone's interest, there you have it. Which I mean, Duke wasn't doing anything this year, anyways. They, man, they are a shell of themselves. I'm kind of disappointed in them. Not that I'm a Duke fan, but it's just weird to see all these blue bloods so bad this year. Yeah, it's. I think one you have kind of the mixture, like with Duke with Kentucky, like those two teams were bringing in a bunch of uh, freshmen. Same with North Carolina. Uh, Kansas was kind of like putting some guys in positions they weren't previously in. So I think it's like, obviously like you have all these blue blood strugglings, but I think part of that's been like COVID-19 related. You haven't had a full off season to practice. Uh, Like most of the time, like June 1st, you have all these freshmen on campus working out, uh, playing pickup games together. And you, you didn't get that this year. So I think that's, that's kind of like been a part of it. Obviously some of these freshmen have other issues, uh, whether it comes to like just not being what we thought they were coming into the season. But I think a large part of it has been like the team bonding team chemistry type things that you usually get in the summertime. Just haven't been there this year. Yeah. That's a really good observation point from you on your end. Um, you know, just getting that chemistry on and off court is very, very important, especially for incoming freshmen um, that are expected to do a ton, you know, as a Calipari class is expected to do. And then another school, you know, just because I like this coach, and again, one of the more earlier college basketball memories I have is learning who Tom Izzo was, Michigan State being down, um, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people would consider them blue bloods, but I think they're up there. They always play in the champions classic. Um, so it's just, you know, like one to five is pretty much uh, universally down this year um, as far as what you would consider your blue bloods or, you know, and then UCLA just hasn't been good for a long time. So, but hey, this um, is one of their better years. Yeah. I know. Hey, Mick, Cro- I always tweet this. Mick Cronin is the best coach there since John Wooden. So uh, it's just a running joke that I always throw out there whenever I cap UCLA games. And um, I like Mick Cronin. He, he was great at Cincinnati, uh, you know, put some really great defenses out there and some interesting offenses. So um, always changing stuff up with how he coaches. He's not, you know, stuck in his ways. So, yeah. But, man, we talked about a good slate of games. Um I want to remind the listeners, you know, exactly where to find your work. 
um, make sure they don't forget. And then, you know, one of, I forgot to say this at the top, but one of the things I like about your Twitter stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm going to come out and say, you know, I've got my notification bell for your tweets because it's simultaneous, you know, results. Like I get pretty much before I get anything from, you know, action network or the score or ESPN or whatever, CBS, you know, I may, like, I get a tweet notification, like a push notification, and I get a final score on a game that I was wondering about, you know, from you, um, or, you know, the late game descriptors that you give of a possession or two, or just how a game ended. So that's one thing I really like about your coverage, and why, you know, you who ballers, folks listening, y'all, that's why you need to go follow this gentleman. But, uh, Again, let's let's plug some more for you, boss, and talk more about making the madness and just you know remind these listeners um, where your work is all located at. Yeah, this, so like as said, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Brechtologist three. You mentioned I'll put out like all the kind of I think NCAA tournament importance results uh, like. I think one of the things I like to do is like see what games are impactful towards like teams making the NCAA tournament, whether it's like a seed line here, seed line here. So like I'll tweet out all the, I think kind of pretty important games uh, results with like a box score and stuff like that. Uh, Follow me there. Uh, Check out the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast after you finish listening to this show, of course. Uh, we do like twice a week, During. Monday, Friday. So, yeah. Twice a week. Man, you, I need more of y'all's content. <laughs> like, like I said, y'all do such a good job. Uh, such a good job over there. Um, no, twice a week. When do those ups or when does that stuff come out? Usually it's like uh, Monday and then we'll either record like Thursday night, uh, usually during like the late, late, late Pac-12 game uh, or sometimes like Friday. Uh, It'll usually get released on Friday, but uh, we'll either record Thursday night or record like Friday afternoon. Uh, So if you follow on Twitter, you'll get the notification and – like see either it's on Friday morning. We probably record Thursday night. If it's like a Friday afternoon, we record on like Friday afternoon sometimes. So just depends when works out best for us. So, yeah, there's so many great analysts out there, you know, you being one of them, but man, just to be honest, I can hardly keep track of my recording schedule. So uh, I, gotta, I always got to be reminded of the folks that I enjoy listening to. So as I said, I've got my notification bell on for Jonathan. Y'all should do the same after you follow him 100%. Absolutely. Um, Jonathan, are, is there one conference, and this will be kind of like my outro question if you want, uh, you know, and then we wrap a bow on this, but is there one conference tournament that you would say, you are uh, maybe more excited for, or maybe looking for something the most in, um, you know, come, come the end of regular season? Um, I think from the high majors, I think the big 12 is going to be probably the most fun because it's like you have seven, like you're just going to have a great game every single game that's out there in the big 12 because there's like seven really good teams maybe Baylor's probably going to roll through it like they've done pretty much every but like every other big 12 game will be a pretty light high level basketball uh from the mid like I'm looking forward to the Missouri Valley I want to see if hopefully like I'm someone that kind of like cheers for the best teams to like make it to the NCAA tournament so like I'm personally like out root for against teams but i'm like rooting for it to be a drake loyola showdown uh to determine who the best team in the valley is i think that would be certainly interesting to watch i would see that game in the missouri valley championship um another one like 
the Ohio Valley is another like conference tournament that is always fantastic to watch because like this year you have Belmont who's just we talked about earlier just been rolling through the league but like I think Murray State Austin P uh, Eastern Kentucky like those type of teams could give them a run for their money and maybe win the conference tournament because uh, anything can happen in March so it'll be interesting to see yeah um, and we're not just talking about the March Madness tournament. I mean, leading up to it, I mean, the end of regular season, the last couple games, you know, this is about to be the crunch time of the college basketball season that we love so, so much because it all just starts taking shape. Conference tournaments, the NCAA, the NIT, the CBI, you know, uh, I'm a big CBI guy. I uh, love that, that one. It's a fun one. They always get, you know, so many nifty little um, just schools in that tournament. And it's a bigger tournament. You know, there's like the ones that have four or five teams, six teams. So um, really looking forward to the Sun Belt. We, we, you know, a lot of people call it the Fun Belt, but I like to say, you know, we call it the Fun Belt too. But, you know, Fun Belt, Sun Belt, uh, of course, Maction. I want to see if USC can continue looking as good as they have. Um, see if it's going to be them or Colorado, maybe someone else. UCLA, you know, those three teams in that tournament will be exciting. Um, yeah, tons of really fun conferences. So- SoCon, uh, maybe see if Radford runs through the Big South. Um, maybe Campbell, you know, the Campbells get in uh, with an automatic bid. That'd be exciting. Tons and tons of basketball. So, um, well, man, again, it was a great, great episode. I appreciate you coming on. I talked about mid-majors, big, small, um, making the madness. Um, It's all going to start taking shape here soon. Going to continue to look at your bracketology stuff. Again, Mr. Jonathan Warner. um, Find him at Bracketologist3 on Twitter. You can find me at D-A-L-E-007. At Hootball Gaming will be where you find the show stuff. And then go check out the website at hoop-ball.com. There's no at on webs. I forgot how to use the World Wide Web. Sorry about that. Just hoop-ball.com, y'all. Go check it out. Don't forget the promo codes. And as always, sending you my good vibes and all of my good energies. Y'all take care, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks again, Jonathan. Take care, buddy. Thank you. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.